Need a powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens? Allicin Med is the powerful universal pathogen killer's latest advance of German-sourced Allicin, enzymatically stabilized to clear the body of bacteria, fungi, mycobacteria, and parasites. It penetrates body biofilms and is non-toxic to tissues. Pathogen resistance cannot develop for long-term body-optimized wellness. Clear stealth pathogens that promote autoimmune disease, cancer and vascular inflammation and plaque and promote healing of tissues. Now pathogen-free. With 200 milligrams more power than prior Alamed, you can't get a more powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens. Give your body what it needs. Allison Med. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutridyne at 888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. That's 1-888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. And listen to the Nutramedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. Nutramedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to the Nutramedical Report, the dynamic show with Lowell Ponte on Wednesdays, Hour 1. And Lowell, you have a great article here. Will the Supreme Court defund the Democrats? Amazing decision about to happen in the Supreme Court. Tell us what it means and where this is going to go in terms of funding for the, I call it, instead of Democrats, I've changed their names in my word salad dictionary over at Clay and Iron. They're the demon rats, and the uh, bad Republicans are called the Republic Raps. How's that? Works for me. Heaven knows. Uh, what it comes down to is the Supreme Court has taken up case of an Illinois government employee who argues that he should not be made to pay either money in union dues or a union agency fee. You know, they can't force you anymore to belong to a union, but they can force you to pay the union an amount roughly equal to the union's dues. So you may as well belong to it. And what do unions, public employee unions, do with those dues? Ninety percent of them they give to one political party. Guess which one? Uh, starts with D, right? Yes. Absolutely. The and, Yeah, and this is significant because this is the only growing segment of the uh, organized labor sector. That is, organized labor controlled more than a third of American workers at, during and after World War II. Today it has shrunk to about 6.5%, because unionized companies, by and large, are simply not competitive. They will be driven out by other companies that are not unionized. And so, uh, the one sector where unions are growing is the public sector. Um, about 35, 36% of all government workers in the United States have been unionized. And what that means, basically, is a union organizes. It gives a lot of money to a politician who, with the help of that money, wins. That union, that uh, government employee, that elected official, then is the guy who sits opposite from the union at the bargaining table. So, in effect, the union has bought both sides of the bargaining table. It shouldn't surprise us, therefore, that in the federal government, the average average 
employee, and I'm talking not about a soldier or a firefighter who actually puts his life at risk. I am talking about a bureaucrat whose greatest life danger is getting a paper cut on his finger. Uh, they make $126,000 a year in wages and benefits. Wow. They make wow. about twice as much as workers in the private sector do. Uh, and they do that because most of them are union, are, uh, yes, basically in cases like that, most of them are unionized. And they, uh, they have actually bought and paid for the politicians on the other end of the bargaining table who will then not argue with them. It will just give them the raise. After all, this is not a company fighting to keep its profits. This is a government person who takes the money from taxpayers. And hence wow, doesn't wow. be in, in, is, is involved in any great expense or difficulty to himself in getting the money that he then turns over to the union. The unions then turn over, on average, more than ninety percent of that money to Democrats seeking Ooh. election, who then what? endorse the union power and grow government even bigger, so there's more jobs for more government workers, and of course less for you and me. They take that money out of the hands of American families and their children. Wow. So, so basically, this is along with the, uh, with the Electoral College, which is stacked toward Democrats, now the labor unions. This is going to pull the rug out from under them, isn't it? Because now with Neil Gorsuch in there, it's very likely it'll be the 5-4 decision that uh, they can't force this Illinois worker, government worker, to join the union, which means... Uh, uh, what percentage of people do you think will leave these so-called government-forced labor unions? <clears throat> well, uh, the uh, National Science Foundation did a study of workers and found that about 32% of unionized government workers are actually Republican or Republican-leaning in their politics. So that's a third right there. Wow. On top of that, there are any number of government workers who, if you tell them, uh, you don't have to pay dues to the union. You don't have to pay them an agency fee, and they cannot punish you if you don't. A lot of people will just say, I'd rather have the money than give it to them. Wow. And so they'll keep the money even if they think of themselves as Democrats. But the challenge here is one that Thomas Jefferson brought up back, uh, back uh, more than 200 years ago. He said, to compel a man to furnish contributions of money for the propagation of opinions which he disbelieves is sinful and tyrannical. Now, Jefferson wrote this in his Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom back in the days when you not only had the tax collector, you had the church tithe collector. And there was an official government church in the various colonies. And that church would come and demand that you pay them 10% of your earnings. And a lot of people resented that, especially if it was, say, in New England, the Congregational Church that demanded money of you, but you were a Baptist or an atheist or a Jew. You still had to pay. Well, really, really, under the church or not. So Jefferson thought that was sinful and tyrannical, but the principle applies to a lot of other things. For example, when I watch public broadcasting, using my money illegally, and I can explain why if you're interested, right, right. illegally to disseminate uh, leftist points of view, which they inevitably do on their news programs and, and documentaries and so on, um, I feel that same kind of deep offense that's being done to me. And, of course, a lot of workers say, why am I being made to pay dues just so they can be kicked back to the Democratic Party when I'm not even a Democrat? 
or I have no particular affection for the Democratic Party. Well, and it's uh, it, yeah, is you're violating for a, a citizen's First Amendment rights of association and free speech if you take his money at gunpoint and then use it to fund things he doesn't believe in. Wow. That's what the case is about. The case will almost certainly be won by the 5-4 uh, majority you ascribe. I mean, it was going to be won anyway. Antonin Scalia would have voted to uh, take that power away from labor unions. Uh, he, by the way, this, the labor unions are, with their coercive due policies, the number one contributor to the Democratic Party. Yes. Number one. Yeah, Bar- number one by number one, they're over 50% of the total volume, right? And number two is trial lawyers, by the way. Not surprising, because the more laws and rules the government makes, the more things trial lawyers have to get rich suing over. But that's why, saying, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, to interrupt that, you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting, that's funny, because for the U.S. population, it's 25% of the trial lawyers in the world, but 4% of the world population. Uh, California, or pardon me, Los Angeles specifically, was studied years ago, and they found that in Los Angeles alone, they have four times more lawyers than in the entire nation of Japan. Wow. Just That's L.A. think about. My. <laughs> and all of those lawyers believe they're entitled to make a very good living. And, and actually, we have our analytic proceed league, an expert who is very angry with the law, uh, Dr. Fred Graves, J.D., who runs the course How to Win in Court. And yet for $250, you can get his course, which, by the way, is an MLM, so you can actually gain money by getting other people encouraged, including a middle school, to do the course. And if you do, 90% plus of the, the legal actions you can do yourself and become an expert on the specific laws you need and the actions you need to take. Or if you hire a lawyer, you have a choke chain on them because the lawyers are playing a game and milking the system, just like, as they say, carry on birds, eat roadkill, doctors and lawyers eat their patients and clients. Mm-hmm. And that is more brutally true than most people appreciate. Right. Uh, there, there, there is an old saying, as you know, I write uh, books lately about economics. And the funny thing is, lawyers totally violate the concept of supply and demand in the marketplace. That is, the saying is, in a town with only one lawyer, he can't find enough work to do. <laughs> in a right. town with two lawyers, there's more than enough work for both of them. <laughs> each other uh, they, uh, they, uh, they can play off each other right and, <coughs> and, go, so and, and go golfing on the weekend together right or with the absolutely. judge absolutely that's what Washington D.C. is like are you still the district of criminals should be called the district of lawyers too how's that most uh, distressing is sometimes the answer and the solution and the, and the logical analysis of a problem sphere or landscape it slaps you in the face and it's so obvious uh, that there's a problem for example um, 
there's a young conservative, I'm trying to name was Shapiro, Ben Shapiro. And he travels around the country making metaphorical statements that are just really kicks in the face. It's almost like you get a karate chop right in the nose by the truth of this guy, okay? And he says things like, you know, socialists think that your labor is their property. They also think your body is their property. So they can force vaccinate you and force you to do medical care. For example, I've suffered through the health care system called, in Canada called socialized medicine. And we have idiots like uh, Bernie Sanders that want to make, quote, Medicare for all. Medicare is a screw-up. No health care system on the planet is, is really good. The best one, by the way, overall in terms of adaptability of it is actually South Koreans, believe it or not. But the problem I see is... The system is vile, and the same way we have all these lawyers and the fact that they, these people, in other words, the Democratic Party is set to make sure that it maintains the system, and the Rhino Republicans are part of that mess, too. So, you know, the fact that Trump is there, he's not just taking off globalists, he's taking off the establishment in the U.S. that don't want changes in all the rulemaking that interferes with business and setting up. You can set up a business in China in 90 days, it takes you five years or ten years, I heard to get infrastructure, things like building a new bridge can take you 15 years to actually get it done or a new airport runway. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, it is. Well, let me give you a few quick examples of government in action. In response to this court case, Mayor de Blasio in New York City, who uh, has gleefully, happily visited communist Cuba and embraced Fidel Castro as a hero, Mayor de Blasio, a far leftist, uh, said just a few days ago that if the mandatory fees unions are allowed to collect from employees were suddenly cut off, there might be, quote, paralyzing public sector strikes like those of the 1960s and 70s that wreaked havoc on some millions of city residents, close quote. In other words, like a mafia protection racket guy, he's saying, you know, some terrible things could happen here. If you don't do what we tell you to do, oh my! You don't let us pick your pocket. I mean, his threat, just that's the kind that. of that's the kind of threat of a mafia died to the local Italian population. Yeah, but understand the public, the four largest public uh, employee unions last in 2016 gave 166 million dollars in political contributions to the Democratic Party. I mean, we're talking about a lot of money being played with here. Well, some other examples of Democrats in action. At San Diego State University, a government university in the state of California, they have just announced they're beginning a new college course you can take there called Trump Impeachment, Removal, or Conviction. Wow. The, uh, the entire course <laughs> is about how you could remove Donald Trump from office. And that's considered a, a California University System course that you can now take. Uh, the Democrats in the last few days kicked out or refused to endorse their own U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein from California. And she is certainly not a moderate. She's a leftist like them. Yeah, and but she's not far, far enough left, though, is she? No. And in the state of uh, Illinois, another typical left-wing state, uh, they did not endorse Representative Dan Lipinski. What is incumbent Democrat Dan Lipinski's sin? Oh, he's against abortion. He's oh, for no. everything else in the left-wing agenda, but he opposes abortion, and therefore he has to go. Oh, my. 
seems to be what his constituents well, uh-huh. is believe. Uh, another quick example, in uh, Oakland, California, the mayor, Libby Schaff, is all for defending illegal aliens, and a few days ago, with ICE about to con- conduct secret raids, she went public, went on the media in Oakland, and warned illegals in her city that ICE was about to raid their homes, so they should hide. Wow. In, o- in other words, it isn't just a matter of no longer cooperating with the federal authorities arresting illegal aliens. She is actively helping the illegal aliens avoid being arrested by the feds. Wow. And she, of course, is a Democrat. We're, we're all talking about Democrats <clears throat> here. The thing think? is, the thing that I want to know is, who is going to start perp-walking? If they don't do this, and uh, give an example. I'm going to give a prophetic word here, a geopolitical, not a, a biblical one, but a geopolitical word. If the Democrats succeed in getting illegals voting, like here in California where they just have to have a driver's license, and they manage to do enough illegal messing with the voting machines and so on across the states, which we know occurred in Michigan where some people voted seven times and people voted in multiple states. It was just for a deal. 100,000 non-citizens have registered to vote in Pennsylvania starting April 1st in California. And also convicted felons. If this happens and they manage to either impeach Trump or to try to impeach Trump, or because they, they have three options. Number one, impeach Trump, kill Trump, or paralyze Trump. Number on the one side. And on the other side, kill the economy. Because the globalists have to kill the strongest economy and the strongest nation on Earth, America, or they can't make a borderless world, which is what the globalists want. They want ten trade zones. They don't want nation states. They don't right. want individual autonomy. They want a global system where we're basically caged rats in a system where we've got a, a tag code, uh, and they want to know our GPS coordinates and our cell phone number, and they want to make sure they force vaccinate and force feed us with toxic food, toxic polypharmacy, and the healthcare system is a sham. It's just designed to spray the dashboard of the body to make symptoms go away until you die prematurely. And uh, people think, oh, well, no, that you're against the medical system. No, I know what medical system is. I've done personally every kind of surgery, including orthopedics, plastics, and vascular surgery, except open heart and brain. I've done eye surgery, plastics, orthopedics, abdominal surgery, etc. I've worked in the ICU, the trauma unit, burn units, etc. And there are appropriate things that are done. One third of the time, surgery is appropriate, and 80 to 90 percent, most of the drug therapy is inappropriate. Okay, and so what I see happening, and they don't even do the proper investigations to find the cause of an illness. Okay, I have cases all the time where every day I have these disaster cases, and they call me usually in a panic. You know, just another case just yesterday. A woman has an acute thyroiditis, which showed her thyroperoxidase antibody levels were off in orbit. She was having panic attacks and insomnia. They tried to start searching for cancer, her dumb doctors. She doesn't have cancer. She's got thyroid toxicosis. They go through a post-viral thyrotoxic phase, then hypothyroidism, and then new thyroid if they heal. And if they don't, they end up with permanent thyroid failure, and they're hypothyroid. But you see, the medical system doesn't live on that. They want to, They have to protect their butt, so they're going to do every test on demand, including tests with equipment that's not sterile. For example, colonoscopes are not properly sterilized. So you're, not, you're very likely to get a stealth pathogen in your gut just from taking the scope that's been in somebody else's butt that may have a bad, very toxic anaerobe. And the system is asinine. If your cholesterol is over 200, oh, you need a cholesterol-lowering agent. When we know cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease, any idiot who says that needs to get a punch in the face, intellectually. They need to stop it. 
It's oxidized cholesterol and fatty acids that cause problems. But the same thing geopolitically happens with everything. Our system is so corrupt now in every sphere of influence, whether it's food certification or drug certification or anything, and they license everything. The damn government is into everybody's business, aren't they? into these things, and you're a libertarian, I am too. I believe that we have too damn much government. <clears throat> if I want to set up, give an example, a healthcare system, uh, layer one would be that you contract locally with your family doctor, primary care doctors, to pay $40 for an adult and 20 for a child, and you get healthcare. And you, it's like a one-on-one thing. You don't have all this hippocrap, and you don't have uh, either state or federal standards of care. This is a, a tyranny to say Standard of care is you must uh, give the pneumonia vaccine or push it. You must do this. You must must do that. And if you don't, the state licensing authority can say you're not up to standard of care, even if it's killing people. Right? Mm-hmm. So what I see happening is a system that is vile. There's just no way around it, right? It's just vile. And uh, it, it gets into spiritual issues because it's the same thing as the U.S. Constitution. People don't realize... <coughs> Or what a human being is. We're not a highly evolved monkey or animal. We are a, a physical representation of the incarnation of the God principle in the physical realm of time. And in fact, the, the hidden gospel, we talked about this with Dr. Fred Graves, uh, uh, J.D., and Dr. Bob Teal recently, and over the middle of the third hour, we'll talk with Jonathan Gray. It's the fact, the real gospel that Jesus said was the marriage supper. People don't get it. The marriage supper means they, mankind's eventual destiny is to become deified and become collectively the bride of the Creator God and be co-equal with the Creator God. Co-equal. People don't get that. We are about to become, not only even though we live in the temporal world of the everlasting, we're going to have eternity, literally the New Jerusalem, fused with us. And so our descendants in the future will be, in a sense, deified in the family of God, a plural, plurality. That's why it shows it in both the Elohim. And our rights, in this goes or all governments, come from our Creator. They don't come from a constitution. People are deceived. Every other nation on earth has a constitution where the rights come from the constitution to the people. And it always decays, like the Coquel said 200 years ago. Every government over several hundred years decays to a form of tyranny. We see the tyranny, for example, of the growth of the Democratic Party and Rhino Republicans, where they always know better than us. They know with better health care, better this, you need to be vaccinated, we can release toxic things like MSG to the population where genetically they can't handle it. I can't tolerate it. If I have MSG, I don't sleep. I'm already hypomanic anyway. I don't need more. If I don't take nutraceuticals, I get about three or four hours of sleep, and that's it. Yeah, I'm like, you know, Thomas Edison. I mean, so this is obscene what, the, what we have. Too damn much government is toxic to the human race and the human soul. It's in creativity, too. That's why well, toxic government in China is killing the population and the creativity there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of control would be bad enough if 
the people running the government really were as superior as they think they are and had this wonderful knowledge that would help you and me. But in fact, uh, when you look at people in government, they almost all are people obsessed with power and glory and attention for themselves. I mean, they are among the most mentally ill people in our society. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they are the ones who are telling you and me what to think, what to do, and almost always... What they were preaching once upon a time has proven to be unhealthy. For example, when they ordered everybody to fill your home with asbestos so you would not be uh, as prone to fire damage. Well, now the government will not step in and pay people to remove the asbestos that turned out to be a major health risk, but they're the ones who made you put it in in the first place. Right. You could go to thousands of examples like that. And so... Uh, I mean, I find government in that sense utterly intolerable. I mean, these are people who are ignorant, mentally ill, megalomaniacal. <coughs> well, the latest example is is is, uh, is Nancy Pelosi. I've changed her name from Pelosi to Pelosi. The woman is pre-demented, okay, and she makes statements that if she actually was a stand-up comedian, she could make money. Although she's got worth forty-five million, at least I heard, or one hundred forty-five million. The fact is. When she made statements like they're going to get crumbs through there, or, later, or the latest is that the tax rebate, although it is mainly for corporations, it's going to trickle down effect the whole economy for everybody is going to get some benefits, including us and small business. Uh, she calls it unpatriotic. Somebody in the crowd saying, oh, yeah, right, it's unpatriotic to do this tax thing. I think, are you kidding? That's because they believe that your labor, like Ben Shapiro says, is their property. Damn it. Now, my labor seven days a week, which, I, by the way, I don't really feel I'm working. I do a ministry. 98% of my consults I do free. And I try to provide the best diagnosis and actually tell people what to do with their doctor free, F-R-E-E. But my labor to develop my business, my technology, etc., and all the people in America that literally have invented the future, their labor by these crazy Democrats and, and, and socialists is somehow the government's property. It's not. And one of the worst things they do is they can print money and devalue whatever you have, pension funds, the value of your home, death taxes, whatever. So they're stealing what you try to, to accumulate to pass on to your descendants. Right. And as part of that trap, as part of that trap, they require you to pay your taxes in their money. Right. That means you have to devote your life to earning their money to be able right. to pay now, it. The, 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 the reason why cryptocurrencies are growing is because people are breaking away from their money. And there's 105 cryptocurrencies. The latest, by the way, we push now is our, is our carrot bank uh, coin system, which just launched 12 days ago. And what's going to happen, basically, is the governments and their money system, where they print money to do whatever the hell they please, whether it's build up giant militaries or have free social programs like Europe has, or have people lazing around when they're 55, I personally don't believe in retirement. To me, retirement is the back of the shovel on the plot of your land. Even if you're a quadriplegic and you can only work two hours a day and you have a brain interface a helmet on your head, everybody can work. I believe in workfare, not welfare. I think it's disgusting that we devalue human beings no matter what their IQ or their ability, whether they have Down syndrome or they've been a disabled vet with no legs. We should treat everybody as a valuable supremely valuable per person that can contribute to a better society and we don't do that we don't treat them we treat the we have they're even talking about the idea of a minimum income for everybody and i'm thinking are you kidding me and it, you don't have to do anything for it you just get a check like uh this, this town here in california wants to do this that already went bankrupt before it's like 
No. You want to devalue human beings even further. So when they get robotics and they're replacing all the factories, and there's basically anything that we would call an economy is gone, say, 10 years from now, what do they want to do? Have us as just a caged animal in these super cities called Ickley, you know, resilient cities with 300-square-foot apartments? This is really disgusting, isn't it? Well, it's disgusting, and when you stop and think about it, the kind of welfare state that progressives want is one in which everyone will be dependent on them to, to redistribute, to pass out wealth, but the productive will be enslaved, literally. Right, they're productive. productive and, and, and to pay for the government. I mean, think the government certainly is not working in any constructive way, by and large. Well, they always, they always, they're like a maggot that gets bigger and bigger. And the other, the well, as, I said, as I said, the average, the average government bureaucrat at the federal level makes $126,000 a year. And they're going to threaten us if they don't get to have uh, their unions that kick back money to the Democratic Party and keep it in power. Wow. This is a very interesting court case. I'm not sure the Democrats can hang on without that money. Well, I don't think I, I don't think they can. I'll tell you what I see happening. To me, uh, this nine-inch uh, silver nail they used for killing the vampires has already been put through the heart of the Republican Party. Because although they call it Republican, with Ryan's previous and so on, they're playing games behind the scenes. The Republican Party is dead, buried, and moldering in the grave, like John Brown's Bob Bones. You know, moldering in the grave. The Democratic Party doesn't want to don't want to admit they're dead, but they're really dead. And even if they don't perp walk and put in jail uh, Hillary Clinton, Podesta, and all the other criminals involved with the Department of Justice and the, and the Pentagon, etc., and the, uh, you know, the FBI and CIA, the fact is the Democratic Party, especially after this Supreme Court case, which you know will be won by this guy from Illinois, they're dead too. Uh, now, I, I go back to the fact I don't really believe that there should be a party system. I think there should be independent candidates and there should be issues. And if candidates have leaders, like a president like this Trump, he pivots trying to gather people from their Democrats and Republicans so he can get a, enough of a majority to get issues taken care of because he wants to find and, and action solutions. And you know, but, in the U.S. Constitution, there is no reference to political parties. Our leaders back then, the founders, hated them. They referred to political parties is that uh, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, the day of judgment, and by the way, the judgment isn't God's judgment, it's our judgment on ourselves by not adhering to the principles of wisdom and truth. And uh, I have wise men like yourself, uh, Lowell Ponte, uh, that come on the show because people have to see there's a root to the, to the tree of evil of government that's gone astray. When the early founding fathers didn't want parties, just look at Canada. you got a, a snowboard president says, don't talk at humankind, say it's people kind. And he marches, you know, pretty well naked down the street with gay and lesbian people in Montreal or says the prayer to become a Muslim in a mosque in, in New York, in Montreal. Uh, when you have a government that basically thinks that they are the parent 
and that your property, your your sweat of your brow is their property, and your body is their property, and your children are their property, so they can force vaccinate you, and they call it mandatory. I have so many health professionals that email me literally every week that their nurse daughter is going to nursing and they're forced to take vaccines. And I ask them, I ask them these series of questions. So what's a vaccine? And they go, well, it's supposed to protect you against disease. I said, really? I said, all a vaccine is, and think of it this way. I like to convert to something to a metaphor. I said, think of a vaccine is making A1 sauce. And we're going to make A1 sauce so your lymphocytes can find all the viruses or bacteria. Now, the real thing that kills is not the A1 sauce. It's just a condiment. Okay? What kills is singlet oxygen, so if you don't amplify your immune cells or train them to be attack dogs like a Rottweiler or a dog that grabs a bird after you shot it out of the air when you go hunting uh, and brings it back to the master. The fact is it's only singlet oxygen that kills the pathogens, not complement activation, not IgG, IgM, or whatever antibody class. And when you actually test it, and the first thing I tell people, I said, well, number one, tell me if after you did the vaccines, what classes of people, let's say the flu vaccine, get a specific antibody against a specific class of virus, and, and how much antibody titer did they have an increase, whether it's IgG, IgM, or whatever. So if you take, for example, the flu vaccine, the only people that actually get an antibody titer increase are between about 25 and 45, and that's it. Anybody younger or older than that never gets an increase in antibody titer. And how long does it last? That titer lasts 10 weeks. So if you get a flu vaccine, even if it was incorrect and not genetically correct, you'll have an antibody titer. Now, what's really cool about this is the virus keep mutating, so the H3N2 vaccine, and I had a discussion with my wife's doctor the other day. He said, well, I should get a vaccine. I said, really? I said, and I started asking these questions about vaccine, and you can tell after a while he's squirming. You can tell it's like I got him, he's like a bug, and I've got him pinned down. His thorax and abdomen are pinned with these little pins, you know, when they do on a chart, and they're going to basically mount them on the wall, okay? And I like to mount people on the wall because they really have not even thought about how they think about thinking, which I find really disturbing because if people just ask better questions, and I tell them on the show, I don't want you to believe in anything I say or even the logic. But if you ask better questions, whatever portion of the truth you're going to start to own, if you own the truth, you're going to start to do something about it. And what you talk about as a, as a libertarian, and I'm a libertarian, and you look at what's going on, it's insane. It's evil. There, there's nothing biblically correct about it, is there? The objective here is, of course, to have mental antibodies, too, against toxic or deadly ideas. This is why, for example, Craig Smith and I write, have written seven books. Yeah, tell us um, over the books. That's important. Yeah, well, yeah, um, the latest is Money, Morality, and the Machine. You could pay Amazon $20 for it to further enrich the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. Or you could yeah. get the book absolutely free and post-pay just by calling 800-630-1492, like the year Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's 800 630 1492. And by the way, next week, we don't have time to get into it now, but we can get into Palantir, the amazing company. You remember the movie Minority Report based on a short story by Philip K. Dick where they would decide that you were going to commit future crime now for the crime you haven't committed yet? They're actually doing that in New Orleans through Palantir technology. They're starting to do that in Denmark. But, but by Palantir, what is Palantir? Explain it. Because it sounds like they're using a combination because uh, most people don't understand the nature of the structure of the universe. They don't understand, for example, uh, uh, 
horoscopy, right? Did you know until 2,300 years ago, horoscopy was considered science? And then, in fact, until they dedicated the star as a god in the sky, it's biblically correct. That's why we have the article in the book called The Sting of the Scorpion. God made horoscopy to explain the, the nature of time, space, and God's revelation. And people don't understand that. And so when you see this thing called Palantir, what are they doing? Are they using just metadata and other things to collect it to get pre-crime assessment? Or are they using psychics? What are they doing? Uh, well, they're officially just using uh, accumulated layers of data about crime probabilities and ways of tracking people based on all the data that they now collect. You know, police cars drive down a street with a license plate reader. And they read and memorize error or record every license plate they go past. Right. And so you can locate where, if somebody's car has been at a particular place at a particular time and so on. And based on uh, their own elaborate methodology of handling that, they make predictions about what specific people may commit what specific crime and where. And they've actually brought down the crime rate in New Orleans. Well, I, I, I want to keep it. I, I think there's a way of doing it that's, that doesn't violate what we call the libertarian principle. I call it the three M's. Metadata, money. If you contribute to ISIS or a skinhead uh, terrorist, you know, like neo-Nazi group. And mental health. If you're on a mental health drug and getting help like this kid should have got help and put in a, a facility, uh, you shouldn't be able to get near a pop gun or even a straw. Nothing sharper than a straw. Yes, but mental health may be judged not by saying... I mean, we just had uh, 170 political scientists declare that Trump, after one year, is the worst president in American history. Yeah, but I think those people need mental health. You see, I often found a psychiatrist needed a psychiatrist. And and, you, and it, it basically is unethical to judge someone without doing a proper psychiatric test, brain imaging studies, and other evaluations to determine the psychiatric state of the person. Because someone's anomalous, for example, I'm an anomalous person, a lot of people, if you put in my name on Google, you're going to get two or three million hits that this is a nutball liar. I had WebBot four years ago say I was a highest level deep state person, higher than Alex or anybody else, putting disinformation trying to manipulate the public. In history, this is WebBot. I had one guy in 1999 wrote a book after I traveled to 42 cities in Israel that there's no doubt with literally hundreds of subtexts and everything because I have Syrian background, etc., that I'm the Antichrist. That's how crazy people are. And they, they stand behind certifications like they're certified psychologists or psychiatrists, and they have no right to. It's unethical. And what I want to see is ethical criteria. There's, there are so many red flags in this kid. You can set the bar so stable that any real libertarian say, yeah, this guy needed to be visited or put in a health facility. We've closed psychiatric hospitals since 1992, which is nuts. Because they weren't working, because we don't approach mental health as a sickness. If you change the brain and say it's a liver inside your calvarium, maybe we would treat it metabolically that maybe someone that ends up being a criminal has an abnormal brain, like young Frankenstein. That they have abnormal, like uh, the uh, mitochondrial enzymes for a violent behavior, or they've got no frontal lobe activity on a quantitative EEG, or they got organic acids like Dr. Alex shows from the Biosocial Research Institute. Or if somebody like, wants to rule the world, like most of the politicians in Washington. Yeah, exactly. In their form of uh, what I call toxic mental health. You know, uh, the fact is, though, I think you can make the criteria straightforward enough. That if someone says on social media, I want to be a school shooter, they need to not, not be walking the streets or getting guns or buying bomb materials or even getting, you know, sharp scissors. 
Yeah, but, I, I remember when I was a tender youth in Washington, D.C., I used to hang out with the now-deceased Arthur Kroc, who for 30 years was head of the New York Times Bureau there. In other words, he knew where all the skeletons were buried. Yeah, but the thing is, the police know this. I work with the NSA and CIA, and I have a photographic memory and ability to absorb all this technology. They know more than Jeff Bezos knows about you. They know more than your mama. And the fact that the NSA and the FBI and so on didn't pick up this kid was because it like my dear nurse back 45 years ago that taught me when I was in medical school, this was not an accident. This was an on purpose. This was a government psyop. This was a killing field on purpose because their eventual plan is to make it an election issue in 2020 to de-arm the American population. Because the dark future that's coming wants to disarm population, doesn't it? So these people are literally used as a kind of implicit agenda provocateur. Exactly. In order to justify government action. Right. It's all, it's all a Luciferic game of opposition and dialectics. you got to get rid of the NRA, you know. What do you want? You want to get bump stocks? Do they need to see bump stocks? Look at this guy uh, at the Mandalay Bay Massacre. No shells in the room. He didn't do the killing. Sorry. He was... Not Stephen Paddock. It was Stephen Patsy. How's that? It's a strange world. It's an evil, demonic world, and if you don't open your eyes, you won't see it. You'll just be a victim, and you'll, the devil and his minions will lick their chops on your bones. Warning. If you're... Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter-in-an-hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together.